I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In My Life. Um, this is an audio um, podcast we're doing over the summer on the LFC Day Trippers, basically where we bring on fans of Liverpool, viewers of our show, listeners to our show, and talk about their three biggest moments supporting Liverpool. Last week, we had got Matt from Canada on. Matt has taken the Barcelona stuff, um, but he was quite kind in, in other stuff he done, like he was... His first game at Anfield, at home to Inter Milan. And the other one was Norwich 4, Liverpool 5, if I remember right. This week, we have another viewer and another listener to the show. It's Conrad Kellen. Conrad, um, wait for it, is German. He um, was born in Germany, moved to Australia, is an Australian citizen, and now living back in Germany. Um, he is 26 years of age. He's supporting Liverpool since 2008. So... Oh, we, sh- we we could have some good ones tonight. I don't know what they are, but um, we will definitely get through the three of them in the next 45 minutes or so. If you are listening to this, um, you're very welcome. If you haven't listened to the one from last week, go and listen to it because um, it was really, really good. And I'm sure this one will be as well. If you're listening on your podcast apps, um, go to the review section. Give us a five star review. And at the end of that review, if you want to leave us your favourite Liverpool moment, we might look through, um, through all of them at the end of this series come the start of the season. Um, Conrad, you're very, very welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm feeling, feeling quite good. Uh, still recovering from COVID a little bit. But um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, glad to be here. Good. You're more than welcome on. Um, you know how this show works, because I think you listened to last week's one. I've told you to bring three of your favourite Liverpool moments support in Liverpool. Um, I don't know what they are. Um, that's the only rule I do put on this show that I don't know what they are before we turn up. So I can't do any research. Um, I can't come prepared. And that's how I like it. Um, straight off the bat, no messing about, we will get into them. Um, supporting Liverpool since 2008. So you rocked up um, during Hicks and Gillette, which was eventful. Um, you've seen your earliest memories would have been Hicks and Gillette, followed closely then by Roy Hodgson, which is well. Um, how you've stuck it out all this time is beyond me. Um, but fair play. 
what's it like supporting Liverpool? Because I'm 40 years of age, you're 26. That's like literally the, you know, one generation between us supporting Liverpool. As a, as a young boy, I suppose, um, getting into Liverpool, did you think, well, um, what is going on here when it all started for you? Um, well, uh, it's been a bit of a ride. I can say that much. Uh, night and day difference to what it is now, obviously, supporting Liverpool. But, um, yeah, uh, 2008, Hicks and Gillette era was, yeah, I mean, anything between 2008, 2016, there were good moments, bad moments. Um, but obviously, being a yeah, supporter of 26 years of age, um, you sort of... Uh, yeah, sort of do uh, the reading or you read into the things that you haven't experienced yourself. So you would obviously have a much different memory of certain events and certain time periods as other people would who have lived through these, these times. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, the only thing I can say is that ever since, uh, since I can remember, I've, Supporting Liverpool, I've uh, I've never regretted a single second of it. Even the bad moments, although obviously you wish that some of them never happened. And yeah, when you start supporting Liverpool, are you in Germany or are you in Australia? I was in Australia actually. Um, I've, oof, when did we move? Um, so I was born in Germany, as you already said at the start. Um, we moved to Australia around 2007, 2008. So that's sort of when my memories sort of became more, I I could remember a little bit better. I was around 11 or 12. Obviously I can remember further back than that, but that's your sort of your real memories for me anyway, started to really tick in at that time. And I was just in Australia and we moved around a lot at the start, but I always tried to keep an eye out on what was going on in the world of football. Obviously what was happening uh, with Liverpool was always the most important thing. Um, Being a kid at the time, you know, 2007, 2008, I never really uh, had much uh, access to social media uh, in, I would say the first one and a half years. So obviously I, we had internet and everything, but um, sort of moving around, we, uh, we often didn't really stay in a place for very long. So I didn't really spend much time on a computer or a laptop or even a phone for that matter, just very limited that. Um, And yeah, so when we moved here, I really started, I got more and more into it when we settled. Obviously, I mean, I was into it the whole time, but I had more time to sort of go into the world of social media you know, which in hindsight might not be a great idea looking at how footballing social media is now. But um, I was able to exchange thoughts and opinions with people a lot more than I was able to when when we moved over, obviously. And it got much more intense sort of um, as I became an adult and I was I had my own, got my own computer and phone, uh, obviously before that, but like sort of 15, 16, you have more access to things and then you sort of uh, go out and communicate a bit more with people from around the world. Who got you into Liverpool? Uh, myself, <laughs> actually. Okay, um, so it wasn't a family member that pushed, pushed them no, on you or anything like that? Okay. 
uh, if it were up to family, I'd probably be a Sao Paulo supporter. So, um, okay. if, if that name says, and if, if that tells you anything, it's a German football club in the second, second, yeah. Bundesliga, oh, so well. second um, city rivals of Hamburg, which a lot of my friends support over here, actually. Um, now our family has a very, very deep connection to that club. Um, my young cousin, I think he's 13 or 14 now, uh, plays for their youth team. Um, a lot of my – goes a few – back a few generations, they supported San Pauli. I think a distant relative of ours even played for the club uh, when it first became a thing. Um, so, no, it wasn't a family member that uh, got me into it from my mum's side, which is German, and my dad's side is not into football at all, so there was no influence from there whatsoever. Um, but I got into it uh, based on – because I, I loved watching the Champions League. I always did. That was one of the first things I can really strictly remember from when I started watching football. Those were the memories that always stuck the most in my early years. Champions League games, and um, obviously uh, we're sort of getting to it. Uh, 2005 uh, was sort of the thing where I was like, man, this this, this is a great moment. It's a great club. And um, ever since, I, I've enjoyed watching Liverpool, and uh, I was a fan ever since. As I obviously said, 2008 is when I sort of my memory kicked in, but that was the moment where, like, I, I didn't watch it live, obviously, but that was for me the moment where I was like, "This is this is a great club," and I couldn't imagine being connected to anything or any sort of other sporting industry, uh, let alone football, for that matter. Okay, what's your fourth moment of the tree that you want to go into? Um, well, I was actually quite torn what the first one was going to be because there were two, um, and since Matt talked about his uh, Anfield experience last week. Um, I that sort of convinced me it's only fitting that I also talk about my first experience of going to Anfield, which um, is a bit of a bittersweet uh, experience, but in my opinion, one of the greatest uh, moments I've ever had supporting the club. Um, so, you pro I don't know if you remember the game, but it, um, it was 1-1 uh, Liverpool-Norwich at Anfield 2003. 15, I want to say. This was the 15-16 season. Was that the one week where Klopp came in? Yes. The Klopp comes in in 15-16, October 15-16, yeah. Right. And then I, I do believe the game was in October, just a, a week before that. Um, so it was Norwich won, Liverpool won, and that was the first time I ever went to Anfield. Now, it was a bit of a backstory to that. Um, this was actually the time where I moved back to Germany from Australia. So I sort of combined it a little bit. I was sort of getting settled here again and was looking for like an apprenticeship. And while I was looking for my apprenticeship, I was actually living at my grandma's and granddad's place for a while. And I had a few weeks uh, off between when I was doing the interview and when it's when I was going to start the apprenticeship. And in that time, I was like, you know what? Um, I'll organize a ticket from people that I know and I'll head out, I'll fly over to England and from there to Liverpool. And so it uh, was a very spontaneous decision. And I, I thought, you know what? Anfield, Norwich, you know, um, 
some some good old Brenton Rogers football. Can't beat that. And um, off I went. So straight off the bat, the game was a, was a disaster. It was it, it was it wasn't enjoyable at all at that time. I, I thought the game was awful, but everything around it was perfect from the moment I arrived. So. I arrived in Anfield via train, so I landed with the plane in London, and from there I took the tube or the train to uh, to Liverpool. And when I arrived, every memory I had leading up to the game and after that were brilliant. So I stayed at like a little, a nice little place called Hatters Hostel, not far from the central station, I believe, or uh, where I uh, arrived. And the first thing I was, I was just met with this overwhelming wave of kindness, and it was um, something I've, I've not experienced a whole, a whole lot in other countries. Um, so in Liverpool, in particular, I was, I was very, very taken aback at how, how nice and how helpful these, uh, these people are. Um, arrived at the hostel, and I, uh, being the naive tourist that I was. Um, first time ever in the city, first time ever being in the country of England. Um, I asked him for just basic directions to Anfield. I was like, okay, how do I get there? And the guy got basically the Marauders map out from Harry Potter. It's just <laughs> it's one of the most detailed things I've ever seen in my life. Um, got that out and basically said, you do this. And at that, you tell the cab driver to to go left because he might be an Everton fan, take the long route and make him pay more. It was brilliant. And um, when I the next day was when the game was and um, I didn't have a stadium tour scheduled on or I, I didn't book one. But there was these Italian people that were also staying at the place, and they basically said, um, "Oh, we're going to the stadium. Do you just want to come uh, catch a cab with us?" So I did, and one thing led to another, and all of a sudden, I was uh, I was being led through the entire stadium. It was great. I absolutely loved it. There was so they, I, I couldn't believe that what the stadium, how, how big it was. Look, look big enough on camera, but like when you actually stand. Standing it, I thought I was maybe it's just me be, not being in that many football stadiums aside from Anfield, but to me it was overwhelming. It was great. Then obviously the game happened, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I wish I could say it was a great victory, but um, you know we got Klopp about two weeks later, so it's a win-win for me. <laughs> we um, want to have a great look at this show with people and their first games at Anfield. That's <laughs> one defeat and one draw so far. Um, <clears throat> you're right on what you're saying you know when you go to Liverpool there is a huge amount of kindness that everyone's kind of really helpful um, there's a really good atmosphere around the city and that, that atmosphere has only like, improved I'm going since the early 90s and Liverpool at the time was was um, pretty run down um, underfunded um, kind of left with its own devices um, you know from a from a government point of view but the city of culture in 2008, I want to say, um, was a real boost for the city. And it's got better and better and better. And I don't know if you've been back in the city since 2016, but, you know, I'd, I'd say if you haven't, then you go now, you will notice a marked difference even since 2016. Um, Anfield itself, you know, uh, there's nothing, I know it's a draw, but there's nothing like, I, I said it last week, there's nothing like walking 
up the steps of any of the stands and walking out and seeing, you know, sprinklers on, pitches ready, uh, music is playing. And, you know, you're in Anfield and, and it's just it's just a special, special place. Um, both Anfield, the surrounding area and the city itself. And, and the game you mentioned is a one-all draw. I've looked it up there because I couldn't remember it. It's a one-all draw. Danny Ying scores for Liverpool. Russell Martin equalises for Norwich um, on about 60 minutes and Liverpool failed to get the winner. But uh, I think I think the, what you were saying there kind of rings through a lot of people. You know, when they talk about their first game at Anfield, usually the result is the last thing that, that comes across when they're talking about it. It's always about the experience. Now, yours is, you know, match day is... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, no doubt it was being brilliant, but arriving in Liverpool, hostels, Italian fans going up, getting the stadium tour, like it all just kind of falls together. And a lot of people, when they do talk about the first game at Anfield, literally talk about so much away from the football and add the football in at the end and go, oh, by the way, we lost or by the way, we drew or by the way, we won the game because it does kind of, it is a city that just, I find kind of takes you under its wing very, very quickly when you arrive into it. But um, it's not the best result. But as you said, Jurgen Klopp arrives soon after and you might be right. I don't think I don't think it's long after that that he... Um, I think you might get one or two um, more games. Everton, I think, came after that, and I think then... then yeah, that's so. it then. That's it then, yeah. He, he's gone after everything, so yeah, he gets one game after that. But um, no, it's great to know that you've been to Anfield. It's great. It's a great story of getting there. Um, random taxis, random fans. <laughs> and, uh, I, ra- I just want to say the cab driver was actually an Everton fan, so... Okay. Did you go the long way? Ah, uh, I have no idea. Ah, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, no, some of them are okay. In fairness, um, you the majority of the time when I fly to Liverpool, um, from Dublin, which is a twenty-minute flight, I come out and I get an Everton fan, and they're driving the taxi, and I don't really go into football with them. I usually tell them where I want to go for breakfast. They usually ask me over for the football. I say yeah, then they know I'm a Liverpool fan. And um, the last one was really nice. Actually, we got talking about. Everton, more than Liverpool, to be honest. And when we stopped the cab in the city centre, we must have been sat there for 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> even though the journey was over, just talking about Everton. So some, a, lot of them are, a lot of them are very nice, in fairness to them. Um, your second favourite moment? Um, so the second favourite moment that I've had supporting Liverpool, you'll, you'll find that this memories, all, all my memories are quite recent ones. Um, was Napoli nil Liverpool won our last group stage game of the eighteen nineteen uh-huh. Champions League season. Yeah, um, one of my favourite moments for, for for a lot of reasons. Um, the main one, obviously, being we won and we went through. Um, but leading, I don't know if a lot of people remember remember it. Or so not that long ago, I guess. Leading up to the game, there was a lot of uh, a lot of media talk going on about well, Liverpool, obviously, um, 
Allison as well. Um, if you remember, um, his first few weeks or months were sort of um, people were asking, you know, is he is he this? Is he that? Um, he had this howler against Leicester, and um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. At that time, I wouldn't say I had question marks over him, but I wasn't at that point convinced that he was the keeper that I know that he is now. Um, and obviously, the the game uh, every that's one moment probably every Liverpool fan remembers, like in the dying seconds of the game. Uh, the ball drops to Milic in the box and um, he takes a shot. And I, I just had this this moment where you know, it was like my life flashed before my eyes. I don't even know how Alison felt in that moment. And um, I was just thinking, oh, God, here we go. This is it. Um, in, in less than a second, a second, all these thoughts went through my head. And all of a sudden, this huge Brazilian guy just comes out and the ball... Uh, deflects, he even dives sort of the wrong way, but he holds his legs out and it goes off. It sort of, I think it deflects off his hip or, yeah. or legs or something. Yeah, it was, I, I was just thinking, oh God. And, and then the, it obviously doesn't go in. And um, yeah, I my heart was almost bursting out of my chest. It was beating that fast. So I was going absolutely mental when he made that save. And the whole game itself was just a, a gigantic uh, sort of a test for your nerves, you could say. Um, I, I can't believe how many chances we skied and uh, money went clean through. And, <laughs> yeah. And the thing, I mean, it's, it's something, something that that we like that he likes to do in, in high-pressure games is uh, blast the thing into the stand. But um, it is... That was fine. We won the game, so it's all good. And then, obviously, Mo Salah made the difference. He scored a great goal, to be fair. Um, I wish he would do the more. He's uh, sort of on the right foot, not curling anybody, but just take it on the near post, just bashing it through the legs of Ospina, and it was was great. Um, I've, I had a, uh, I had a date scheduled on on that night and I had to cancel because um, I spilled Coke over my last clean pair of pants. So that was, <laughs> that was great. Um, and I even sent a tweet out at that time said I had to cancel my date tonight after the Allison save. I have no clean pants left. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. And, um, obviously the rest is history in that season. And uh, it was even better because uh, obviously the group, everyone was rooting for us to go out. And I th- I, I'm not sure, but I think we lost all the away games in that group stage. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think back. And I know it's not that long ago, but Liverpool have played that much football in the last three years that sometimes it can be hard. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're in that group with Red Star Belgrade, aren't we? Uh, uh, was it that? Yeah, I remember we were with Napoli twice. Yeah, we're, we're, with Nap- we're with Napoli in that group. We're with Red Star in that group, I think. And PSG, because I remember the... Um, uh, the PSG, Fermi. correct. And we, ha- we had lost um, all the away games um, after bashing. Um, I think we ended up with Red Stars are third and fourth game in that group, and we beat them handily at Anfield, and we went away and lost 2-0, I think, away, and it was a horrendous, uh, yeah. you know, thing, but I'm glad you picked this game, because, you know, at the moment, we're looking at Sadio Mane maybe leaving the club, and mm-hmm. he probably goes down as the trigger in the Jurgen Klopp 
era for me. That signing oh, yeah. in the summer of 2016 is the trigger and he's the, I think he's the Bert of what this Liverpool side are. Him. Absolutely. I, I, and, and look, that summer I think we signed Wijnaldum and we signed one or two more, but he for me is the Bert of this, what we see now today and you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going around on Mane about, oh, is he being disrespectful? Is he, dis-? he hasn't really said anything. He said one thing, you know, in, I suppose, as ha- kind of half joking, trying to have a joke and it didn't go well for him. And I think he, he, he clarified that very soon afterwards. And, yeah. you know, I think Sadio Mane, I leave the club, but I think he should, he would go down as a Liverpool legend. And, he, you know, I have to, I hold no grudges against him whatsoever. I wish him all the best in everything he does. But this game, I think, is the birth of <coughs> Liverpool being a real, real force again. You know, we go into this, I think we have to win 1-0 or win by two goals if they score. I think that was the kind of conundrum. It was very right. similar. It was very similar to Olympiacos in 2004 um, when we also go on to win the trophy. And you're right. Mane misses a lot of chances that night. We could have put it to bed, especially in the second half. We could have put it to bed and we didn't. And Koulibaly is having a serious game for Napoli in the first oh, 20 yeah. foot. A serious game. And then Salah just absolutely roasts him and scores. And when he does it, you're like, wow, well, because Koulibaly looked like an absolute monster that night. And Salah just turned it on for that 10 seconds and left him in his in his wake. And like you say, and I agree with you. Sometimes Salah should go out on the, on the outside and just hit more shots towards the far post or near post or get them on target and see what happens. Um, but that goal was crucial. The save from Allison, um, I was a bit like you. When it drops, you're thinking this is it. Even in that split second, you have that time to think this is it. Because if they score, they we're never getting another two. And he makes a phenomenal save. And I think that's, I think you, I think you're right in what you're saying. There was a couple of incidents with, with um, Allison before this, where you go, well, you know, there's a couple of things in him where he's probably a bit too overconfident in what he's doing, and he needs to knock that out of his game. But that night when he makes that save, people are like, well, that is just a serious, serious save. And if you look at him between then and now, when you're that's 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 what would it be October, November, two thousand and eighteen. So you're looking at three and a half years now. Yeah. You know, and you could count the amount of mistakes on one hand he's made since, which is incredible. Um, I, Like I said, exactly like you, I thought it was all over. And when he saves it, I'm ecstatic. And then I just spent probably five minutes giving out about Dayan Lovren um, because Dayan Lovren <laughs> is the man that lets the ball flow over the back of him. Um, yeah. Unless he my memory... Yeah, unless unless my memory is completely gone, it was definitely. No, I, I agree. He he held his hands up like basically like oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I didn't fall. Yeah, I remember that. I was just thinking, oh, you donkey, what are you doing? Yeah, there was just and it was one of those balls that he, I don't know what he's trying to do. Like in the position he's in as a centre back, he sh- he probably should just drop one or two yards, and if he does that, he heads the ball away, but he gets caught underneath it. But it. It's so significant that game. I'm delighted you brought it up because I think it is where we see what Allison is, and it's yeah. it's like the, you know, it's it's that breakout moment or that a real arrival statement from a player in Allison, and I think it's a real statement from Liverpool because they get through the group and then they just have a great time, you know, yeah. um, going on to win the European Cup and. Um, I get mixed up with 2018 and 2019 in the runs to the finals. Um, but I'm nearly sure we get, oh, I want to say 
Porto. Yeah, Bayern, I think Bayern. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember Bayern. Um, and of course, Mane does that away away at uh, the Allianz as well. So, um, I'm delighted you brought that up. It's a it's a really <laughs> good game to go back on. Um, yeah. and it was a real Liverpool thing. You know, not don't do it easy. You know, do it the hardest way you possibly can, um, without conceding the goal. One hundred percent. That's uh, that's Liverpool uh, at its best, baby. It's it's fantastic, um, and just like you said, that's that for me. That's the game that made Allison. That's obviously. I, I thought he was a good keep, a very good keeper before that, but for me, that particular moment was when I went right. This is the reason that we paid the money for him. And he, with that one save alone for me, justified that price tag. And I can remember that leading up to the point, a lot of rival fans were bantering him uh, in, or bantering us over him. And after that game, it was just yeah. zipped. And you haven't heard a thing since. Exactly. Yeah. And if, if your keeper is capable of doing that in a single night, then you know you have an, a brilliant, a brilliant goalie on your hands. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, with Alisson and, and Virgil van Dijk, you know, transfer fees were scoffed at in, yeah. in, in January 2018 and the summer of 2018. But now when you, when you think of them, nobody mentions their transfer fee. You know, nobody says, oh, and he's 70 million and he done this. You know, even if Alisson makes a mistake, it's like opposition fans are like, oh, he's made a mistake. It's not, ah, ha, 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 he cost you 70. It's not like a Kepa at Chelsea or a Saka <laughs> at, at Arsenal or, or indeed a Pogba, I suppose, at United. Um, it's just like there's more surprise and shock that he's made a mistake. And the same with Van Dijk. They don't really bring up um, the transfer fee because they know that these two players have just been beyond ridiculous for Liverpool since they signed. Um, I'm really glad you brought that one up. I, I think that's probably one of, <laughs> Yeah, that'll probably go down as one of my favourite. Um, I don't know what's coming in, in the next seven, eight episodes, but um, that might go down as one of my favourites because I think it's a, it's a huge moment for club players, club and players, I think, um, yeah. that one. The last favourite moment, what is it? Um, yeah, so obviously last week, Matt stole a lot of people's thunder with the uh, Barcelona one. Uh-huh. Um, and unfortunately, I have to follow suit and do something similar. Um, I'm going to go with Liverpool 2, Tottenham nil, the Champions League final. Um, I was just thinking about it, just giving me goosebumps. It was great. Um, just so give you a little backstory or you, uh, I guess you could call it a, a Conrad origin story almost at that point. It was sort of the first, the first time where I, as an adult or as a sort of a, you know, full awareness, full consciousness, you could say. So when I was, I wasn't a kid is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That was the first time where I got to witness my club lift a major trophy and announce themselves on the world stage as the big boys in town, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I remember the whole time period around that. I remember that quite fondly because incidentally, that was also the time where I was getting to the closing stages of my apprenticeship where I was almost through and, um, 
just a few weeks prior to the game, I actually successfully finished all my exams uh, connected to the apprenticeship and got my certificate. So for me, it was a great time. And it was obviously summer in Germany. It was particularly warm. And I said, uh, I wrote to a lot of my friends uh, from uh, from the apprenticeship time who are port- or, yeah, or were and obviously still are Portuguese. Um, do you guys want to watch a Champions League final sort of in the uh, Portuguese quarter of Hamburg, which is quite a popular place. So you can, lots of bars, lots of food, a real, just in the summer, just a great place to hang out and just have a great time. And um, they said, yeah, there's this really good sort of cafe slash bar where we can go. They have a big screen. Let's go out, have fun, have a few pints and watch the game. And so we did. Um Yeah, uh, we got there about two hours prior to the game, um, stuffed ourselves with more food than you could ever imagine. I mean, I had had a huge stomach ache before the game, uh, washed it down with with a few pints, felt great, and then after the game I felt pretty sick again. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we were there, four of us, um, a lot of other people as well, one Tottenham fan, commiserations to him. Um, who I don't know, and I did speak to him when he was sitting there, but he was pretty miserable the whole night because obviously, um, yeah, we know how early we scored. Um, yeah, I remember a lot of things about that game. I was just, we were sitting there and I just ordered my drinks. Like, all right, all right this, this is going to be a great game. And just as I thought, okay, uh, just as a pint arrived as well, actually, um, the penalty happened. And I was just thinking, oh, well, this is great, isn't it? So all the stress that I felt immediately went. And for some odd reason, and I've never felt that moment before as a Liverpool fan, I haven't felt it since, I just uh, I felt so calm. And I thought, yeah, all right, this, it's, it's curtains, essentially. It's, this, is, this is done. Obviously, I was a little bit nervous. But during that game, I thought m- maybe it was just the sort of naive fan in me thinking, you know, it's, it's Tottenham. They're not going to come back from this. Um, but I was very calm for the rest of the night, and I was like, all right, I can fully enjoy this game and not really panic a lot. And then there were, obviously there were a few nervy moments, but there was never a moment where I thought, this is in doubt, like Tottenham are going to come fighting for this. And um, there were, yeah, the Rigi goal, um, my favourite Rigi goal of all time, by the way, um, my favourite Champions League final goal of all time. And that says a lot considering some of the goals that have been scored in Champions League finals. Um, I don't care if you do overhead kicks or if you uh, if you do this or that. If, if your name's not Rigi, you can get out, basically. Um, mm-hmm. That was a great moment. And then the Alistair saves again. He showed what he was worth. And the end was, for me, the best part, where all the players, they were on the pitch. You could see Adam Lallana... Uh, getting his mobile phone out and just calling his dad and basically saying, how, how are you? I'm, yeah, I'm feeling great. Obviously, he just won the Champions League. Um, Henderson, the moment with his dad, was great. and I, I felt quite emotional. And um, for me, as I already said, for me, the, the whole sort of time period uh, this leading up to it and afterwards, obviously, was, was a very, very memorable, enjoyable time. And... Um, Luckily for us all, the boys followed it up with even more moments of greatness. Yeah, listen, the the Champions League, you know, Liverpool go into that final as favourites against Spurs. And I think 
the fact that we win it tops it off really well. And, and what I mean by that is that the fans on in Madrid just looked insane. You know, so many people went over there. No tickets. Um, a few of our lads done the same. No tickets and no intention to look for tickets. Or Well, no. Sorry, that's wrong. No tickets. If they got one, great. But if they didn't, they were they were well prepared for not getting a ticket. They planned their weekend as if they weren't getting one. And, you know, when you see that fan zone and you see so many Liverpool fans in Madrid and you see the way the Madrid people kind of reacted to them in such a positive way. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the game and I didn't see the goal live. Um, I watched the game at home, but I don't watch the first five minutes of finals. So it's just the thing I have. I don't watch the first five minutes. So the game came on. I left the house. I uh, came back in. It was 1-0. Um, my, uh, my wife, when I walked in the door, was literally looking at me. Could not wait for me to get back in the living room to see the score. And, you know, I actually, I actually went on to Twitter to see the goal. Um, just because it's instantaneous now, you know, once something happens in a game, you can you can see the decision, you can see the goal and stuff like that. And I wanted to, to win for Liverpool, um, obviously. I wanted to win for the day that had been in it because even the day before and the day of it, just seeing the footage of Liverpool fans over there was ridiculous. It was so good. Um, they put on a show, Liverpool fans put on a show that weekend and showed the world how big Liverpool are. And how good they are as a fan base. And for all them travelling, I wanted to win for me sitting there. I wanted to win for them travelling. I wanted to win for the club. But I wanted to win mostly for Jürgen Klopp. You know, because Jürgen Klopp had taken over. He'd lost the European Cup in 2013 at Wembley um, as Bruce Dortmund manager. Um, And I thought they were brilliant that season. I really did. It was so enjoyable to watch. And he comes to Liverpool, um, I think he loses a League Cup early on against yeah. Man City. He loses the UEFA Cup final against, or Europa League final against Sevilla. And, you know, it's starting to kind of hang over. Not him personally, but people are like, oh, we can't win finals and he can't do this and he can't do that. And trophies was a stick. <laughs> yeah. And, we make one attached to him too. Yeah. And, you know, Kiev happens. Yeah. And, you're kind of going, not as he coursed, but he really needs one. You yeah. know, not only not only for the launch of what he's trying to do at Liverpool, but just to just to shut a few people up, and um, to put it that that bluntly, and, and by him winning that, it shuts people up and it does launch Liverpool. And you know, I thought Spurs were quite good in the night. Um, I think they would have had more of a chance if they didn't play a clearly unfit Harry Kane. Um, after Lucas Moura had been their hero against Ajax in the semi-final. But Liverpool Liverpool at that time could could make it, this game kind of frantic, but they didn't. They were really controlled in what they'd done. Okay, Alisson makes a few saves, but that's the way it goes. Um, Milner misses a great chance in the second half where he puts it just wide, where they could have put the game to bed. But it was, it was, it was nigh on perfect what they'd done that night with regards to the way they controlled the game, the way the, the outlook they had, they conserved their energy. Um, they, they they played really, really well. And then Origi tops it off like that. And, you know, those are at the Liverpool end. Like you said, the final whistle goes. Everyone's seen that video of the six minutes following the final whistle with Jurgen Klopp, just the camera on him. And he's so gracious in victory to Pochettino, to, to the sports players. He's so, he's so happy with his own players. 
Um, he's so emotional when he meets Allison right at the end before they go down towards the fans. They celebrate in front of the fans. Henderson gets to lift the trophy after, as you said, that moment with his father. And, you know, it's... I've spoken about Mane being the birth of this side in 2016, but this night is one where Klopp lays a marker down. Liverpool lay a marker down. And they haven't looked back since. You know, they go, they, they, they do 97 points in the league that season. And since then, I think they've done um, 99, I want to say 82 or 83, um, and 92. And they really laid down a marker. They they go and win the league the following season. They follow up with the, the European Super Cup, the World Club Cup. They won a League Cup. They won an FA Cup. Like, they picked up everything they nearly can, um, you know, under Jurgen Klopp. And, and that night was, was a really, really special night. And I think, you know, Paris this year was good. Fans on wise, it looked really, really good. It was spoiled by what happened before the game, and okay, the result doesn't go away. But I think the biggest thing to come out of Paris was the way the fans were treated before it. But I think Madrid, it might take a little while to top Madrid. I think for everything that was around it, I think it might be hard to top. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, it's going to be hard to top. Um, we talked about it earlier with, with the with the previous moment where the Napoli game sort of made Allison mm. for me the Tottenham or the the Champions League final game made uh, Klopp and Liverpool not just for me but for a lot of other people and a a lot of the rivals too actually similar to Allison after that moment it was difficult to throw something at him um, and. I'll, I'll be honest, there, there was obviously a lot of noise going on about um, that Klopp has to win something now. And I'll, I'll say it probably not fully unwarranted. Obviously, a lot of the shouts were wild saying, you know, if he doesn't win anything, he gets sacked. Like, I don't have time for stuff like that. That is ridiculous. But I think it would be fair to say after spending the money he did spend or basically Building the no, I'll put it differently. Building the squad that he built or the team that he built at that time, it would be a fair expectation to challenge and win a trophy, and he did, and he did it in flying colours. Actually, I mean, we almost won both the major trophies. We were we were two points away from we we were a Kyle Walker goal clearance away from winning the double. That that's how good that side is. Um, was and still is, and that night just proved to the rivals and to a lot of people what I already knew that Klopp was a great manager. But now the pressure was off because he did win the Champions League and they followed it up with even more greatness, in my opinion. And they will continue to be great. And going back to it will be hard to top Madrid, I agree um, but there's great potential, as mad as it sounds, to top it next year because I think the final is in, in Istanbul. It is, yeah. Yeah, so... It's Istanbul, imagine, Istanbul yeah. next year, Wembley the year after. Yeah, imagine if, if we... I mean, either one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wembley, obviously, very far away. But um, Istanbul, we all, we all have a very emotional attachment to Champions League finals in Istanbul, and for good reason. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure Klopp wouldn't scoff at a chance to win it at Wembley either because he won two domestic cups there. Yeah. And uh, as you said previously, he lost the Champions League final with, with a great Dortmund side against Bayern uh, at Wembley. Um, 
And now the difference is that he's at a club that will, as we've seen over the last few days, will back him if he asks for it. Um, instead of selling his best players to his Champions League finals rivals weeks leading up to the game, because that's what happened at Dortmund. Um, yeah. they, they sold Mario Götze. They confirmed his sale to Bayern, uh, I think, two weeks leading up to the, to yeah. the final. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Klopp is at a, at a club where they back him and they make sure to give him the tools he, uh, he needs to succeed. And I'll hold my hands up. There were moments where I said, all right, I'm not sure if, if he's being backed enough, but um, I'm, I'll happily eat those words uh, seeing seeing the club doing what they do now. And I, I, I'm, I couldn't be happy about being wrong about that because it means that the club is successful and that's what I want. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed the three moments. Um, I'm delighted that you've been to Anfield. I hope you plan to go to Anfield again soon. Um, and, yeah, this, and this time uh, we get a win um, because you know the rules mm-hmm. if you go to Anfield twice in a row and you don't win either game you're banned um, because oh. you're, you're clearly a bad luck uh, you're a bad luck charm or, as opposed to a good luck one um, <laughs> I've really enjoyed the three moments um, the Napoli one um, I think is is really important um, not just the result but the stuff around it and of course Madrid um, is a European Cup win which is on its own is important, but also what it does for, like you said, the squad that Klopp is building and, and has put together by that time. Klopp himself, the club, the fan base, um, everyone as a whole has taken it on from then and just had a really, really lovely time with it. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I think I think there's more to come. I think they will be more successful as time goes on. I think the the strategies and the infrastructure that they have in place at that club from top to bottom is is second to none for me. And if if you are going to pin your hopes on a club um, to win and be successful, Liverpool will probably be the one. Um, if you looked across the whole package, you know, um, it's just it's a phenomenal setup they have. So it's um, I've really enjoyed this. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I'm delighted I'm doing this series. Um, I was a bit skeptical at the start how it would go, but um, Matt this week. Um, Conrad this week um, have both been excellent, excellent guests. Um, Conrad, thanks a million. Yes, one one last question though, Gav. Mm-hmm. Is it is it Antio Chill or Antioch the Third? It's one hundred percent Antioch Chill. It will never be Antioch the Third, <laughs> and or any other um sort of reason you give me for the name you have on YouTube. It is <laughs> Antioch Chill. I think you should change the Antioch Chill. Um, I can't change it. I'll have to ask Red Steve how he changes his name because otherwise I'd change it to Conrad. I'll be honest. Okay. Uh, Red Steve, of course, <laughs> um, in our YouTube chat, changes his name every five minutes. Um, one, because he's bored, and two, just to annoy the rest of us. That has been In My Life with Conrad Cohn. Uh, sorry, sorry, Conrad Cohn. Um, <laughs> I've been Gav. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week for another edition. Sports Social Podcast Network.